This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm with my best bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? Oh, man. Uh, really looking forward to uh, this particular podcast. We yeah, did. Me too. Yeah, it's with Don Godfrey, and uh, we did part one in, in, back in Orlando. And yeah, he at Premier Orlando, right? Yep. He yep. did, he did uh, social media part two with uh, Eric Taylor, and now he's back to do part three with us, which I'm really excited about. And we have a special guest with us at this roundtable, Mr. Ben Marlin. Mr. Ben Marlin, like Pollen. Yep. <laughs> or Stalin, as he said. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Marlin like Stalin. Um, I, I think before we get started, though, um, and I guess we kind of we forgot to do this with Ben, but I mean, a super huge thank you to uh, to Salon Centric for, yeah. for putting us up this weekend. Um, real quick story is that we got an email from um, Premier. And uh, they said that they weren't going to have a media room this year, so that you know, basically, they weren't they weren't going to be able to host us. But um, Salon Centric was kind enough to uh, to jump in and, and kind of save our tails a little bit. So um, they put us up in in one of their rooms, and we're just you know forever grateful to them. I mean, that's it's, yep. it's pretty cool. You know, thank you for uh, take, bringing us in, Salon Centric. So or, or putting us up, not bringing us in, but putting us up. Absolutely. So that's cool. All right, you ready? I'm ready, man. I can't wait. I'm, yeah. I've been dying to find out what part three of uh, of, of of Don's social media stuff because, you know, what's his what's his moniker? The Don of social media, right? Absolutely. That's that's what he is. A hundred percent. It's actually funny. Like before we went on air, he was talking and like it was just he was he was blowing our minds away about you know <sighs> what's coming and what's happening. So you know. Yeah, so I'm excited to get into this. I am too. Let's do it. Should we do it? Let's do it. So, uh, well, first, uh, Mr. Ben Mollen, welcome back to your day off. And Don Godfrey, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so, Don, I mean, let's not waste time. Like, like, uh, well, well, do a real quick overview of what part one and part two was, and then we'll jump into part three. Well, part one was basically you just kind of finding out who I was, like what my background was and knowing that that this isn't new to me, like knowing that I had a retail background for 10 years managing CVSs. And before, after that, I was selling furniture for a Warren Buffett owned company, working for a Berkshire Hathaway owned um, brand where it's just, I learned stuff the 10 years from them. And then the 10 years each decade, I just learned stuff and I was able to adapt it into Instagram. Some stuff worked, some stuff didn't, but it's just a matter of, I've learned from mentors and in other industries, pharmaceutical and, and, um, and furniture wise and then i just adapted into the digital world and it just for you to allow me to kind of say hey i'm not new to this i'm just new to this brand i'm just new to instagram everyone's new to instagram but because i had 20 years experience and i was able able to adapt what i learned over from my mentors into that and then part two was just a um, a Q&A with Eric and we were out in Santa Monica at the Vidal Sassoon Academy in front of the 12 students and it was just basically he was 
hitting me with all my top tips for Instagram, how to grow Instagram, how what you have to do to be noticed on Instagram today as compared to like three years ago when it was so much easier when everyone was growing at the same pace because Instagram itself was picking up 100 million new followers every three or four months. Ooh. Now it's slowed. Now it's at the point where they're not bragging how many new followers they get every <laughs> every three or four months. They're not even posting it because now they're a public company and and no one's getting the new likes. Nobody's getting the new followers. It's kind of got stagnant and they just missed their stats um, for physical quarter number two by like a penny because they weren't growing at the same pace that they were based on what their projections were. And I'm just kind of worried what's going to happen third quarter because now it's almost like they're purging a lot of like dead accounts and accounts um, that no one's really posting. I've been getting stuff even on Facebook. Hey, you haven't signed in on this page in six months. We're going to delete this unless you do some kind of post. And um, it's just a matter of they're cleaning up the pages, I think, to get ready for the physical quarter of third and fourth because being a public company, you got to make um, the stock market happy, not just whoever's signing up for the app. So, so it's just a matter of November 6th is their D-Day of wow. what's going to happen like with Instagram if they're going to go down. I mean, they've already gone down $50 in value after, wow. they, after they went in front of Senate in, in April. Zuckerberg had to go out there and say, hey, we're not selling your private information. But it's just a matter of in the last six months – that their personal view by so many people are down. Like they're not even signing on as much because people's view of Instagram and Facebook and, and all the other apps on social media is not as high as it was at one point. So, Do you think that's going to affect our industry? I mean, do you think that, I mean, I, I don't see a slowdown in our industry at all, really. Um, to the point of new business, uh -huh. to the point of getting that clients to see it, um, to the point of that 13 to 17, that 17 to 22 year old are the new people on Instagram and the going after that industry, but it's just kind of getting watered down. It's kind of, I saw, um, Nick Arojo a couple of years ago and it was back in 2015. It was at his Arojo Expo. And he said to me, he goes, what's going to happen when every single hairdresser's got 50,000 followers. And at that point, no one was even hitting a hundred yet. And I was just like, that's not going to happen. No one's going to get this. going to be the, the key people growing. But I don't see it's going to get to the point where every single hairdresser is going to have 25, 30, 40, 50K. And I just saw him recently at an indie expo in New York. And I was like, he nailed it. He was like, right. Every single hairdresser out there that's relevant has over 50 to 100K. And now it's like the people that only got 3K, they're like, they're feeling they're not as good mm -hmm. because they're not reaching kind of that level. So like 50K is zero now. If you don't have 50K, you're like, oh, you don't have any followers. I'm not going to go to you. But there's so many people I'm trying to teach from a brand building that you can have 2K and be famous in your city. You can right. have 2K and have your books completely slammed full. Like my class that I'm doing here tomorrow, I have um, Sarah Luhu, who's got 365K. She's a blogger with a pixie. And she's co-hosting my class with me. She did it in, in Orlando with me. Um, I have the Bali Mama. She's from Philadelphia, New Jersey area. She's only got 1,500 followers, but she's got a full book. And she's right. already got brands sponsoring her. And she's been doing hair 20 years, but she's got she's got a waiting list. Um, I had uh, someone named the Hair Witch that was going to be teaching, but she couldn't get out of she couldn't get out of work, but it's the same thing. She's got 2,500 followers. She's from Philly. She pops up first when you search Philadelphia hairstylist. Um, she's working like seven, but she just got added as her Mon Salon Collective. 
So now she got added because she got noticed by Modern Salon at twenty five hundred. So it's wow. just a matter of the smaller numbers and the good work is getting them noticed. And then the other one is Master George Colors. She's from a little further north in, in New Jersey, but so on my panel tomorrow, I'm gonna have three people with small numbers, but they're all saying how they grew their books, how they got clients, how they got huge, because they weren't worrying about t- getting ten K. They're worrying about getting clients and their books are going to find them because of geotagging and everything else and using it as a business tool, not like, hey, I want to have 20K because too many people want 20K, but they don't get to the point of, well, you need clients first. And there's been this quote going around the internet that a bunch of people said um, that just like you need two jobs. You need work, which is the hair industry, and then Instagram. And if you're spending too much time doing Instagram and less on work, then you're not going to grow. Because you gotta you gotta decide which one's more important. Wow. So, I mean, I, how do we break through it, right? Like, 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 how do we how do we take our twenty five hundred? I assume this is what you're saying. Correct me where I'm wrong, but how do we take like a smaller a smaller Instagram following, like twenty five hundred, three thousand? How do we how do we have that? How does that transfer into business, or or what do we need to do to transfer that into business? Because they're killing it in their own cities. Like she's got the most followers in Philadelphia right now. So when you go and you type in Philadelphia hairdresser, she pops up first. So you need to lead your city before everybody, somebody else does and takes it away. Like at this point, you say LA hairdresser, there's so many people that know how to do it that way. You type in Boston hair, I've done so many classes in Boston, there's like 200 people that pop up when you search those words. So right. it's taking it to that next level, but Philadelphia really is not getting the social media aspect of it yet. So what is that next level? How do we get there? I think it's over. Boom. I think it's over to get to 50 to 100K. You're not going to grow that quick just because of the way the Instagram is kind of slowing people down. So it's, it's kind of like what I've been comparing to people. It's like, I wish I bought Bitcoin when it had 100, not <laughs> right. when it's at 20K. <laughs> I wish I bought Apple in 1975. I wish I bought Berkshire Hathaway in 1954. To, so because Instagram is not growing at a quick pace, it's going to be tough for you to kind of grow if they're not even growing themselves. So, I mean, depending on what happens when they clean everything out, and if they happen to all of a sudden come out with their physical new numbers for in November, saying, hey, we're actually only hitting 500 million, not 600 million, eventually it's going to keep going up because that 13 to 17-year-old is going to start signing in. But it's just a matter of they focus more on, on a keyword called average daily visits. How many people actually came to this site today how many people came to this site this week? How many people came to this site this month? And it's just a matter of less and less people are going on Instagram as much and spending as much time. Because mm-hmm. I've heard so many people going, yeah, I'm unplugging this week. Okay. Oh, I'm taking a couple days off. Hey, it's my it's your day off. Don't. <laughs> Don't. But so many people are spending less and less time on Instagram for the fact of, they're starting to network and, and is getting to the opportunity to meet, travel, and, and use in your Instagram to get an opportunity. Not just how many more followers are going to follow you, but then you're on your phone, which is I'm guilty of myself. So, so I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, I have, a, I have so many questions right now, but I mean, so you're not suggesting like, let's shut down our Instagram. Uh, I mean, I guess there's two questions. Like, like, is there something else that where we should pay our attention to? Or is there better ways to pay our attention to? Well, there's you know? an old marketing tactic called the 80-20 rule, which I don't know if you know the 80-20 rule. 
you spend 20% of your time when 80% of your audience is online, not 80% of your time when 20%. So I slam it on a weekend now when I know my clients are going to be online because people don't work. People are work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Right. I'm not going to spend a lot of time at 2 o'clock on a Thursday doing posts when I know I'm not going to get the engagement. But on a Sunday morning when I know people at home, they're sitting on their couch, they're drinking coffee. They used to read that big, huge Sunday newspaper with the flyers and the comics and stories. Do like your best post on a Sunday. Sit there and engage. Talk to people for like an hour. Post your best video when you know people have time, not when they're on dry shampoo day number four on a Friday. And then you post a video and then you wonder why nobody watched it. So so it's a matter of being more efficient with your time. Mm-hmm. So focusing on... I'm going to do an hour on Thursday. I'm going to do three hours on Sunday because I want to get clients and stuff today. I want to get the engagement today. I have time to be able to talk to people today. It's it's not going to your phone so quick every single time you get a notification. It's like, hey, I'm only going to look at 9 o'clock just like an email with a DM because you get sucked in. So it's not throwing away, but Instagram was just taking away too much time from people and now that they're getting less likes, they're getting less followers, so many people are getting depressed. And there's so many stories I've been seeing online about people like being depressed because they're not growing and because their numbers are down. And it's just like, yeah, you unplug. He- you hear that with kids, you know, how it really affects them when they don't get the likes or get the, the recognition and, you know. But in with Instagram, there's like two sides of that. You have, you know, you, you can use it for to build your clientele. And then you see a lot of people use it in our industry to reach uh, other hairdressers are in, mm-hmm. in our industry, right? So uh, I guess the majority of those 50,000 might be um, other hairdressers, right? Yeah, but less and less people are networking. Less and less people are engaging on people's posts. Less and less people are just double tapping and then scrolling because they're getting to the point of when they go into stories, they're swiping. Now mm. when they go to the news feed, the same exact thing. They're just swiping, double tapping, but they're not taking the time to say, hey, Sam, how's it going? How was your day? And, and getting people to engage. And it's more apt to get the comments on the page than in turn get them to go to your profile get them to do what I call TED, which is text, email, DM. And then it all goes down in in that networking aspect because you talk to them on the phone. You talk to them by email. You talk to them by direct message, and it gives you opportunity. So not judging, hey, I only got 100 likes this time on this photo, but I thought my best picture was this photo, but then I got 500 likes on my dog photo. It's like it's just getting too watered down and too many people are focusing on the, the negative aspect of they're not getting what they were before. I used to get 500 likes. Now I'm only getting 100, and it's starting to affect to them a little bit where they're, they're feeling like they're not as good because, oh, so-and-so's got this many followers. I, I'm not as good as them because I can't get above 2,000. I guess people don't really like me. So, so it's getting to the point where I'm worried of what's going to happen in the next six months to a year if it's already kind of – getting to this level with the younger kids with the way that they're engaging and stuff on it instead of realizing it's a business app just like yelp just like facebook just like doing a youtube page just like doing any other brand to kind of drive the traffic to your page and we it's almost like we kind of get sucked in a little bit on it like it's a drug like they were actually saying that they hired people from vegas to teach people to give them that dopamine in their head that they'd see likes and they get excited. Just like when you pull the slots at the Vegas and then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, you won $5, but you really lost 20. 
because it doesn't tell you. So it's just a matter of it's getting to the point where use your Instagram to build your brand. Use it to build your Facebook. Drive the traffic to your YouTube. Drive the traffic to your Yelp page. Drive the traffic to whatever other avenue that you're using to get that client sitting in the chair. Maybe we should, uh, we'll put you on uh, the head of Board of Education. You go to each state. <laughs> so we make it mandatory for our cosmetology schools to teach our young kids it's how to use it more as a business tool instead of a uh, make-me-feel-good tool. Mm-hmm. So do we have any, like, I mean, even with all this going on, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of stuck. Like, like, should we just abandon you know, Instagram. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. You know, not abandon it, but just realize what what's its actual purpose was when they first created it, well, well, not what it kind of got sucked into. Well, let's get into that. I mean, I mean, what's the hack? I mean, given whatever the algorithm is, whatever mm-hmm. whatever's going on with it, what's the hack to continue to use it? Well, because people are filling the books, people are using it as a business tool to get that client. They're using it there to get them to be like, "Hey, this is my portfolio." Using it as build your brand. Get your, your bio, which has 150 characters, that it's like your business card. Hey, you meet somebody. Hey, are you on Instagram? Go look at my page, look at my work, and then send me a DM, a text. So using it as your electronic business card, as Gary Vee talks about it, it's your business card on steroids. Because I'm only looking at your page for like five minutes. I'm not going down like six months ago to your best pitches. So no. it's, it's more about quality over quantity at this point. I'm only going to post my best work if something doesn't do great. I'm going to pull it down or not post it or post it into my story. So so treating a page like it's your first impression when you're meeting somebody for the very first time. Wow. This is my brand. This is my bio. These are my 25 pitches that I want you to be able to see. Do you think my work is good enough that you want to sit in my chair? Because they're not making an appointment based on their Instagram. It's getting them more opportunities to... Now I want to see your Facebook page where you have more pitches. Now I want to know what your price points are. Now I know what your hours are. So it's just a matter of using Instagram as your cover letter and your website and your Facebook page as your resume because not one person is making an appointment based on just their Instagram alone. That's, and I see Ben nodding his no, head. No, that's, so. that's one of the smartest explanations I've ever heard when it comes to what to properly use like an Instagram for. And I think if more people were aware of that like that was phenomenal information that's why i'm bobbing my head i'm just like yes <laughs> it's um i think a lot of people need to hear that because if you look at it for what you just explained it as it's an amazing 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 tool but if you look at the downside of it though it could also be as much as as great as it's used in ways that are used for profit and how you explained it the downside to it is massive you mm-hmm. know so Having you explain it the way that you just explained it was just really refreshing to hear, and I'm very impressed at what you just said. That's why I was nodding my head. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes you a know? lot of sense. That's why they call him the Don of social media, <laughs> no, man. Exactly. No, and that's why, yeah. I mean, tomorrow we're doing the class with Gordon, and one of the things that, not last premiere in Orlando, but the year before, but after I did my first class with him, he's like, you, you tell people what they don't want to hear, but they need to hear and it's kind of like I had the first time I had a conversation with Robert Chromians, which I don't know um, how many people out there know who Robert Chromians is. I hope uh, they do. I hope, but I hope they do. Yeah. But, yeah. but the same thing. I talked to him for 20 minutes and he was just like, you're one of the two people in the world that I've talked to about social media and gets it. He goes for what its purpose is and its value. And that was in 2015. And, and it's just a matter of I've been seeing the shift and I've been seeing the shift go too far to the right. 
And now it's so far to the right, it's just a matter of, I don't know if some of the people are going to be able to come back. And it's just kind of that aspect of, um, like I was telling you guys earlier, it's all these people that I think I need to be better. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to stop buying likes. I'm going to stop buying following. I'm going to stop getting Instagram to make people see it because I'm going to utilize it because there's all these fake companies out there saying, hey, we can engage for you. We can do bots so that actually you can beat the Instagram algorithm. But every single person that's cheating is hurting everybody else because it's messing up the system. It's almost like throwing a wrench in a in a rolling wheel where it's like, okay, now it's not going to perform efficiently because 10% of the people are cheating and it's messing up everybody else's stats where like, I'll go to my page and I'll see some picture and it was posted three days ago. And then stuff, I got to scroll for like 20 pitches for anything that was posted even in the last hour. So it's wow. just whatever's kind of going on with it, where it's causing less and less people to look at the newsfeed. So that's why you got to utilize your stories more often you got to utilize IGTV when not many people are doing IGTV. Why do you so, think so that you is? Hit it. Cuz it's new. Do you and think that's it? Just cuz it's new? YouTube is is the key game with the videos. Right. But I'm using IGTV by doing a video once a week. Okay. So if you're only doing it like a highlight and then nobody else is doing it because everybody kind of push it. It's popping up every time somebody does a notification. It's getting bigger. Now, mm -hmm. before it was like, ooh, so-and-so did a video. Now it's like taking up like two or three lines. Like, because I follow Gary V. Gary V. One does one every single day now. And every single day he does a new one. And I watch what Gary does. And if Gary's doing stuff correctly, then <laughs> I'm watching how he's trending and be like, okay, how is he utilizing it? Because he's doing more when he wasn't doing that many maybe a couple weeks ago. So it's kind of like... I need to watch him and find out why he's, well, what's his, how he's doing it. What's his famous often. line? Don't do what I don't do what I say. Do what I do, right? Mm -hmm. What Gary says. So, I, what, uh, one thing that I've noticed um, with IGTV, I can tell that Instagram is starting to push it a bunch because um, as you scroll through your stories now, you can actually link your story straight to an IGTV uh, video. Correct. So, I mean, that's that, that, and I've just noticed that over the last couple of weeks here that I've been oblivious to it, which could possibly be too. Yeah, they're going after the YouTube card hard. And it's just a matter of it's going to get better and better. But it's just a matter of if you start understanding it the same way when people started doing stories at the beginning. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do stories. Nobody's doing stories. I'm still going to do Snapchat. Mm -hmm. It's like, how many of those people are now doing stories because there's more stuff on it and they don't have to worry about it? So. So it's just a matter of they're going to keep making IGTV better because they're trying to go after that YouTube crowd. So they're going to start adding more functions. They're going to start making it easier where you can comment and see it. Because one of the things personally, like the video I just played you on YouTube, that was posted two years ago. I found it quick because all I did was type John Stewart Daily Show and it popped up as one of the top 10 videos. But for me to be able to find an IGTV it's going to get to that point where I'm going to be able to find something quick from a year ago and not just the most recent stuff. Right. So it's just a matter of it's slowly turning into a search engine. Like if you look at the explore page now, now it's got humor, music, pop, art. So yeah. there's like nine different things. So my, my new prediction that in a year, Instagram is going to be less social media and more like Google. Like that's where you're going to go to search. Hey, I'm going to watch this video. I'm going to go to Instagram to watch it, and I'm going to go to the search page. I'm going to go to the explore page because they're even mixing in, hey, because you like this video, we think you'll like this video, and now it's in your news feed too, even pages right. you're not even following. So all that sounds great, but 
what what scares you over the next six to 12 months? I mean, you know what I mean? All that uh, sounds like it's, it's just benefits all of us. It sounds mm-hmm. great. So what what's you said you're scared that, you know, these young with the young people that they're just going to miss it or they. Well, the people are starting now to realize what it is before they start getting into it, knowing, hey, this is a great business tool to build your brand where you can get clients the same way as passing out business cards. So so, so your fear is that, I guess, you got people moving into it, they'll get it. They'll, I guess the people who are in it now, they're just going to get left behind? No, they're going to be going, they're still going to be fine. Everyone that's in it now is going to be fine, but it's just a matter of they got to take it back a notch. Right. They got to realize what they're doing is they don't need to put in as much effort now. Because it's just maintaining once the people start knowing their brands and stuff like that. Just like with you, when you started doing the podcast in January, no one knew who you were. But now they do. The name is starting to get known. I saw you guys were listed in the top 30 for podcasts the other week. So it's just a matter of they're starting to know your brand. You don't have to put as much effort to get the word out anymore. Right. So it's just a matter of once people know the brand, then you got the great content and then it's the nail it and scale it. Because then they're able Nail to... Nail it and scale it. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> Let right. me write that really big. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's but really cool, man. Because you're killing it in the podcast game. Nobody else is really... It's not like there's 50 people in the hair industry doing podcasts. There's you, there's Gordon, there's Nina, there's Eric. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, there's a couple so there's, other ones out there, but... Yeah. But it's just a matter of you're hitting it early before everybody else. You took a chance to be like, hey, we're going to try to do something different in the industry because people need it. Right. So it's just a matter of you're, you're one of then 10. You're right. one of eight until it gets to the point when there's 100 podcasts out there. Right. So do you, I mean, I, I keep getting stuck here. Like, do you have like, if you could put a list together of like, these are the top five things you should be doing in today's Instagram or these are the top 10 things that you should be doing in today's Instagram. Can we, can we, can we label those? Or do you have a list or are you just like, yeah, do less? Well, post less. So the 80-20 rule. So what I've been telling people is do 80% stories, 20% page. If you can't spend 20 minutes talking to somebody after you do a post, then wait. So so many people are like, oh, I had to sneak in a post because it's 4 o'clock and I needed to, but I got to go back to my client. You're actually affecting the algorithm because you're not there to talk to somebody directly right afterwards. It's like you walk into a room with a puppy and then you're not telling them the name or how old he is or letting them pep him, like pet him or like every single question. You're just sitting there and being quiet. Then you come back 30 minutes later, everyone's already on to another picture. Game's so, over, right? Right. So it's just a matter of post more on the stories, engage more on, on the page. On the even feed. if you don't even do a post, go and engage on all your friends' pages. Even if you only have 20 minutes, don't even bother doing a post. Just start engaging on your friends' posts that they like you know, or engaging on the posts that you already have up. So one of the things like Olivia was talking about during the, her class last week in Hawaii was she goes back to posts that she did five days ago and engaging and making sure she talks on some of those. So so it's your most 25 recent posts of what they're kind of seeing. So you don't have to worry about stuff that you posted six months ago. You can even go back and start cleaning up your page and be like, oh, this is my best post of 2017. But now that it's 80 pitches down, you got to bring that back up. Oh, you're okay. you're able smart. to repost it so people will kind of engage on it. So they'll actually see it. And then it's something that you took the time to be like, hey, this was a hit. 
I, they're not going to make it that far down to my top post of 2017, but this got me clients. This got me business. This got me text. So bring it back up. Kind of like move it around, but just or even promoting that post if you have to. That makes total sense. That's right. I mean, I, I, I have two things. One that I want to get into is that we've actually had a hard time promoting posts. Like, it's not easy. It's like they, they send me over to the Facebook page, and then I have to do some stuff with the Facebook page. And by that point, I'm just like, forget about it. I mean, we've tried to forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we've, tried to, uh, you know, we've tried to do some promotion. Anyway, we'll get into that in a sec. But our, so, you know, even like... I see Ben Bobbin. So maybe he's got a... <laughs> I think he's got another comment, too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. So, you know, even just a few months ago, people were talking about time releases. Is time releases still as important? Or, or do you have time releases or do you know them? You mean for the best time of day to post? Perfect. Sundays. <laughs> that Sundays, makes it post less just Sunday. <laughs> but Sunday's the best time because everyone's off on a Sunday. It's right. that whole aspect of it's football season, people are watching football, they're home, it's getting it's not like they're going to the beach right now where they're like, Hey it's Sunday, let's get out of the house early, let's go to breakfast and walk around. They're they're sitting more at home, especially in the East Coast, because football's coming at one o'clock. I mean, it's starting to be fall weather. It's starting to become jeans and, and hoodies and baseball cap weather where I'm at, where you're not going to go outside because it's 100 degrees. And then pretty soon, like, snow. So Sunday mornings are great. Sunday nights are great. Monday nights are great in the hair world. You don't want to post on a Thursday because Thursday nights like Thursday, Thursday. They go out after work. It's usually one of their long days. It's usually the day they work until, like, 8, 9 o'clock at night. And by the time they get home, they're not spending as much time looking through their news feed. So you got to kind of realize what's going on in the world today. Um, I just got home from a 12-hour shift. I'm not going to spend three hours on my phone on a Thursday night. I'm not going to spend three hours Friday morning. So it's kind of like realizing what your schedule is and then matching it to that's how everybody else in the hair industry is, is working as well too. Because everyone's off Sundays, Monday's education day. So at 12 o'clock on a Monday is probably rough because everyone's usually paying for that education that day. But Monday night, they're probably looking on their phones to see what people did during the day. Hey, where did my friends take classes today? Where did they go today? So it's that fear of missing out. Like, I need to go and catch up and see what people are doing. So, Don, what time at night are you, um, like, if I were to post every day, would you, is, I don't, is the, is your suggestion to post only at night? Um, it, it varies in the morning. First thing in the morning, I get good engagement, but it's like quick engagement. What what time is that? First thing in the morning, seven, seven a.m. And that's East Coast time. But you're going to get minimal engagement. You're only going to get likes, but you'll get you'll get comments towards that night. Okay. Because that's when sometimes I'll mix in my humor post in the morning, or you're going to post your picture from the night before of like, hey, this is what I have going on today. This is my client that I did last night. Mm-hmm. go to my stories and kind of take a peek and see what the final look was. So so it's just really focusing on when would the people be online, when are they looking for new business, and and really kind of almost making a schedule. Right. Like one hour today, three hours Sunday, one and a half hours on Monday, 20 minutes on a Friday, just almost take Fridays off because the engagement level on a Friday is so low. I guess you know where I get confused, um, Tony, is that I, um, we, I, when, when I talk to Don, I kind of have to like, it's almost like translating from a different language. I'm Google translating it because, because where our market is when we do our hairdressery posts is that we're looking for hairdressers and we're looking for hairdresser um, comments. You know, so like, 
Like I'm like 7 a.m. If I do 7 a.m., nobody in L.A. is going to be awake at 7 a.m. You know, because that's what 4 a.m. or something. You know, no one, no one's awake to engage at that point, and we have a lot of engagement from from California. So I kind of have to translate that to like, oh, Dom's talking about like if you're trying to fill your seat with clients, you know. So I guess that's does that make sense? <laughs> that's kind of where my where my translation in my head. Well, is. here's here's why that kind of works also with the algorithm too. So if you post at seven eight, you start talking to people. You start engaging. By the time they go to work by nine, the LA people are waking up. But because your post had the most engagement, your post might be one of the top ten pitches for the LA people. So instead of oh, you, that makes sense too. So you're Total. getting the engagement before everybody else posts. So if you're posting at nine, because of LA time, you already missed all the East Coast people that were already posting. So when I was in Hawaii, it totally screwed up my algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> my reach was down. When I was in Paris, my reach was down. But this week, what the hell happened to Don? I haven't seen him in a week. <laughs> my my numbers were low, but it's just a matter of I need to get it back into the mix where. I'm posting back at my regular schedule at 7 where I'm not going to be like, hey, it's 1 o'clock. I need to be posting because I'm in Paris and it's six hours beforehand. So so it's just a matter of the, the quicker you get engagement, the better it is in the next three or four or five hours. So if you get all the East Post people engaging on your post when Central, Western, I mean, Mountain and Pacific mm-hmm. start waking up, they're engaging because you're one of the top posts already for the day. So do you want to do a post and um, when you do your post, um, do you want to, how, I guess the question is how do you set them up to engage? The open-ended question, left or right, do you, do you like the long or do you like the short? Even doing like a little collage, like I, um, like different angles, different colors, like mm-hmm. on my Pixie page, like I'll post a girl, she's got blue hair, blue, green hair, she's got orange hair, she's got multi-colors, what color is your favorite? Because they're going to quit because they're going to give you that quick response because it's just one answer. They're going to be like, oh, the first one, the second one, the third one. But Instagram is realizing you're getting quick engagement, so they're going to force it on more people quicker. They, there's, so wow. there's not like a four-word rule? I thought there was a four-word rule. I haven't, I've heard that from certain people, mm-hmm. but I haven't. It's still listed as engagement on insights. So until Instagram literally comes out and says, does the four-word world? I mean, we're rule, then it's you nowhere it. It's nowhere on Instagram's website that states that. That's perfect, man. Rumors. <laughs> I even just say, hey, one time, just tell me your favorite emoji, and it, like, blew up. Oh, wow. my gosh, that's so crazy. That's so, only the Don. Only the Don, <laughs> the Don of social media. So, Don, I have a question. Uh, what you had talked about earlier with using Instagram as far as like filling in your salon chair and getting in clients and also using it as like a business card on steroids and the, the, you know, the first 20 photos, like I've learned more in the last 30 minutes from sitting next to you than I think I have in the last like several years. But I have a, another question if we can even go deeper with the, the followers and the Instagram. So what about, and I'm asking for my own knowledge and just for people in general, what about people that do stage work, like stage presenters that are looking for product manufacturers to go ahead and back them up. And I know that the trend for a while, uh, over the last couple of years, it seems like, is that product manufacturers are hiring people pretty much based upon the amount of Instagram followers that they have, because I kind of see it as like a, like a turnkey kind of operation. Do you see that trend shifting or changing with all the information that you know about the future of Instagram? 
um, my idea is, is based on this new word called micro-influencer. So because I'm like a big sports fan and, and I like comparing things to like different scenarios, you got your superstars that are already out there. They've already kind of made their names. You got your B-scenes, your hair godzitos, like people like Bottle Blonde that are here. They started small. They're demanding this much in value, but they can't have 20 superstars on the team just like in the baseball world. You still need that utility play. You still need that seventh inning pitcher. So they're looking for people for the next five years. They're looking for the people that do amazing work. Like I was showing you some of the people that I've been helping where they got great content. They just need to get seen because they're getting them at a lower number. They're getting them at a value of like, hey, we'll just give you some free tools, make some amazing videos for me, make some great content for me, but we can build you and we got the bigger number. So when the brand has 60K, but that micro influencers only get 2K, they, they have the leverage. But when the micro-influencer has 80K and the brand only has two, then it's just a matter of who's got control in that scenario. So it's like, where's the leverage at? The brand's got to have more following than the person that's actually working for them because it's a matter of the money value is going to be lower. So they can build the influencer the same exact way that they did before. Before Instagram existed, they told us who to follow. They saw the talent because somebody was on stage and be like, hey, they, they have really good stage presence. So, like, we mentioned Robert Cromies. I mean, Paul Mitchell put him behind the scenes. He's like, I'm going to make you dress like this, and he, I'm going to have you be my artistic director. There was no Instagram. They just predicted it. So I think there's going to be a lot more of that same aspect of this person's got 2K, she does amazing work. She does amazing videos. We're going to get her when she has a lower number. And then we can train her and build her on how she, we want her to be with our brand instead of overpaying because then they're getting that quicker hits and they're overspending and not getting as much return on investment. Micro-influencer. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah, it. I didn't make that up. It's been it's been around for about six to eight months now. So Okay. So, I mean, I, obviously Instagram has dominated the space probably over, you know, the last couple of years or year. Uh, is, is Instagram the only place that we should s- to keep looking at? I think Instagram is still going to be the number one for sites because that's where everyone's kind of going to. But it's just a matter of it's another one of those 80-20 rules. Spend 80% of your time on Instagram, but making sure you got all your ducks in a row. Make sure you got your GoDaddy website. Like the first thing I did was buy Fitten on GoDaddy, cost me twelve bucks. I bought Fitten Marketing on GoDaddy, it was twelve bucks. So when you come up with that brand, make sure nobody else has it. Make sure you got it on YouTube. Make sure you got it on Twitter. Make sure any even Vero when it came out, I told everyone to get their brand. So it's just a matter of making sure that you got every single social media avenue. So when you say, hey, these are my brands, and then you see the six little stickers below it, like this is my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, my Twitter. So that way they can kind of click and each one kind of links back to each other because each one's going to get you growth. And then just figure out which one's going to be the one that's going to work for your business best. This guy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's – everything that you need to know in order to have your business succeed for for the most part in a social media world absolutely i mean don just kind of gives you like this is (laughs) these are the rules to it right you know and like this is what you need to do this is what you need to do now i mean i don't know it just blows me away it just comes out it just comes out exactly (laughs) matter of fact it's kind of like one of those things that i tell people i'm like this isn't new 
this has cycled through so many businesses over like everything. I mean, just recently I did a post and um, it was after the, the Orlando show when I went to Minnesota and I saw Prince, his museum, Stephen Adams took me and I was blown away by his house. I was blown away by everything in our just inside his building about Prince did whatever the hell he wanted. He didn't move to LA. He loved being in Minnesota. He built a house. He had a recording studio in there. But he got signed by Warner Brothers, and it's the whole story that we heard about why he came up with the symbol, because it's even it's his mom gave him the name Prince at birth. Warner Brothers used it, trademarked it, and then they owned his name. He didn't have rights to his name anymore, which is why he became the symbol. And there was the whole background story that we heard that just like blew my mind because the same thing was happening in the music industry that's now happening in the hair industry. The same thing that happened in the movies in the 50s when all these actresses were getting signed and then you see what's happening now with the producers of like how they use them. It's just a matter of is stuff that's happened in other industries is now happening in this industry. So it's cycling back. Wow. I, th- I think what it is for me is when I listen to you, it felt like all of a sudden it's all organized. You know what I mean? So <laughs> That's now it right I, there, right? Yeah. So it's all organized for me and it makes sense and it doesn't seem so overwhelming. I think that, I think that's completely fair. Right. You know, although at the beginning, I got to tell you, I was getting a little overwhelmed by him, you know, yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of shitting on Instagram. And like, uh, it ain't right. what it was, man. Yeah. Hopefully you're in. As if not, you suck. You know, there, I totally felt overwhelmed. I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down, Don. Help me out here. Don't kick me out. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's amazing. Don, you know, once again, I mean, you just, you, you blew us all away. You gave us, you gave us so much in, in such a short period of time. And, um, and we want to keep this mic open for you. So anytime that you feel uh, that you want to, you know, part four, shit. five, and six. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the mic is all yours, brother. Yeah. Thank. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I'm wait. I'm waiting for November sixth right. <laughs> <laughs> to see if things implode with and Facebook Nation. So awesome. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll schedule for November seventh. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Mr. Ben Bottlin, Ben. I messed that up. Didn't ben, I? Ben, ben, ben Bottlin. Ben Bottlin like Stalin. Come on. Yeah. Grade school would have been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. It is. Uh, ben Bottlin. And uh, Don Godfrey, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>